Can you sing the melody? It's like, um, here I am. Definitely like the party, and yeah. everybody in my band pretty much loves the party. Unprecedented levels of alcohol abuse. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? Am I in a cool band or am I like in a fraternity? get outside today. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I can tell through the thick glass panes in my house, and it pains me to think I can't go out yet. I've got to do this. I've been editing this podcast all day, but you know what? After I do this intro, uh, I think uh, it's time to head outside, at least for a little walk or run or something, something, just to get soak up a little sun, uh, get a little bit of that D. D3 in my life, that much-needed D3. I have been swamped. I've been really busy uh, putting together this mixtape for my solo shows upcoming. Uh, Just FYI, May 6th, Scottsdale, Arizona, 7th in Tucson, 8th in San Diego, 9th in Pomona, 10th in LA, 11th, uh, no, 15th, I think, in San Francisco, maybe, 17th in Santa Cruz, 22nd in New York City. Look, I memorized all that. That's just out of my head. Uh, impressed? So buy your tickets. Buy your tickets now. Come see me. I, I, I will have Wandering Wolf t-shirts. They are sitting in boxes somewhere, brand new, beautiful Wandering Wolf t-shirts sitting in uh, several boxes in, in a few different cities. And I, I, I will get my shit together soon to get these out to you people uh, via the internet. But come and see me in person, and you can buy one uh, directly from me hand-to-hand, as well as I think I'll have some tote bags. And this mixtape. Gotta get this mixtape. Like, actual tapes. Very limited. Limited edition. I think they're limited to 300. So those are gonna go fast. Get to one of those shows. It's, uh, it's, it's all uh, previously released uh, rap stuff of mine. But on uh, a lot of the, the beats are new, uh, stuff that I worked on and slash stuff that I stole from people uh, or borrowed, you know, um, out of respect. And it's, it's, it's exciting. I think, I think it came out really good. Uh, it's been a lot of, lot of uh, time put into it. Uh, but it, it excites me to work on new stuff coming up. Other than that, it's spring. It's definitely... Kicking in in full effect. I like that. Been doing some barbecues and stuff like that recently. But uh, today on on The Wandering Wolf, we have uh, a very special guest, uh, Mr. K. Kauru. Uh, But I'm not supposed to call him that. I'm just supposed to call him K. uh, Ishibashi. uh, Otherwise known as A.K.A. B.K.A. Kishibashi. Uh, the musician, extraordinaire, violin player, slash singer, songwriter. Uh, I'm sure he plays 
many other instruments as well. But uh, we had uh, the opportunity to meet up with him and play a show together in Indianapolis a few weeks back. We both are associated with this record label, Joyful Noise, and they had us out and they they, uh, set up a show for us there. And it was a pleasure. You know, we've been friends of friends for a while, but we'd never met. So we took the opportunity to uh, get up and uh, have a have a conversation, get to know each other a little bit, and you're you're going to be witness to that. Uh, his show was, was spectacular. Uh, he's got he actually a guy that that we've known for a while that Josiah used to play with. My brother used to play with him in New York. Uh, Mike Savino is in is in K's band, uh, so we we got to see him as well. And Kishibashi has a new album called Light, but spelled weird. Uh, coming out on Joyful Noise in uh, mid-May. So get that. Uh, everything that I've heard off of it is is excellent. So And, I, and I'm, I'll be playing some stuff throughout the uh, podcast here. Any, any of the musics on here are going to be case stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I have to say about, about that. I think it's all, everything else is self-explanatory. Uh, this podcast starts with us walking towards Joyful Noise, uh, from the venue, and then uh, we carry on the conversation at Joyful. Uh, and it's I'm, pardon me, it's a little noisy in there. There's like ventilation systems. Uh, the dog Reagan is is tapping around uh, with her little toes. His, her, his. I know it's hard to say with a dog. Not really. It's a feminine face, maybe, but sort of a more of a male body. Hard to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's get into this conversation. With How many people are you rolling with? Oh, uh, this time uh, it's just a four-piece band. Okay. And then, uh, and then uh, sound person. Cool, cool. And the sound person does TM stuff, or you do that stuff? Uh, she does TM. Yeah, this time cool. she, this time around she's TM and sound. So she just she just cracks the whip. You know, she's yeah, yeah. Call her tour mom. Tour mom. That's tour good. Mom. Yeah. I like that. She doesn't like it. We don't have... This is the first tour that we've done without... Yeah, without Snake. Without Snake, yeah. yeah how, can, how can you live without the Snake? It's tough, but, but you know, my brother is doing uh, most most of it. Yeah. But um, should we cross here? I actually do know where it is now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see. Well, uh, my brother's Josiah? Yeah, my brother's Josiah. Okay, cool. So he's, he's kind of doing most of the... Yeah, you know, he's doing the the money stuff and whatever, but you know, the money stuff like the awesome stuff or like the, just or the actual no, money stuff, just like collecting at the end of the night, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sla- <laughs> slapping promoters around, yeah, yeah, puts his piece down. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna walk you to the ATM. We actually there. Oh, you don't have that, cash? Oh, okay. Like, that actually happened before. Really? Yeah, a long time ago, and I, I was kind of tour managing. And like nobody came, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the guarantee was whatever it was, yeah, yeah. you know, two thousand dollars, say. So yeah, at the end of the night, he's yeah. like, I, I just don't have the money. I, I don't, you know. So I got like the biggest guy that was rolling with us. This dude, Alias. Uh, he's a, he's Alias. a producer. Yeah. Okay. He came back and he didn't say a word. He just sat there and looked big as fuck while I was like. Motherfucker, you got it. You know, like just oh, yeah. screaming at really? him. I had to get the bitch. On? Yeah, I had to because Whoa. somebody had to squeeze that money out of him. So, well, how, what is, how'd you get it? 
I think we ended up getting him to go to an ATM and get half of it, and then he <laughs> ended up sending the other half later. He may have never sent the other half. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you got to walk out the cash already. Exactly. <laughs> she is probably going to walk around then. It's fine if okay. she does. We'll, we'll preface it by saying that there's a dog in here tapping okay. around with, with the ghost cool. dog toes. Okay. I'm, I'm here with Kay Ishibashi. Ka- Do people call you Kaoru? How yeah, you, like my mom it? does when she's mad at me. Okay, yeah. I'll just yeah. I can call you K. <laughs> yeah, just call me K. Good, I will. Um, and we're we're at Joyful Noise Recordings in a big room where people play sometimes. Venue yes. room, I guess. There's a dog. Yeah. Reagan. Yeah, and Thank we're we're playing together tonight. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I haven't seen I've never seen you guys. I've never and, seen you guys. And I've seen all your video. I've seen a lot of your videos. Yeah. Yes, I've seen videos yeah, of you as well. It's very very, very impressive. Oh yeah, likewise. Stuff. Um, I just watched today. I just watched the um, the tiny desk thing. Oh okay. The the solo thing that you you're doing, uh, the loop the looping stuff. You, uh, you 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 might be the best that ever did it in the looping in the looping <laughs> game. In the looping game. It's. It's very impressive. Oh, like, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I was really, uh, I was touring with Up Montreal. At the yeah. Time, and that was like the most, that's my most viewed video, like to date, you know, and then it's like, but I was like totally hungover and like, you know, I was eating a lot of like, you know, I looked terrible and it was like, felt ter- terrible while doing it. Right. It that was, seems uh, <laughs> to be always the case of how it tends to go. I think so, yeah. Were you, you were still playing it of Montreal? Were you opening or something like that on the tour? Yeah, I was okay. opening. Yeah, it was pretty intense, actually. <laughs> yeah. Intense in what way? Uh, just fatigue, you know. It was like, yeah. I'd play a show, and then, and then, then uh, there's a middle opener, you know, like I think Deerhoof was in the middle, and then, okay. and then of Montreal. So I played that show, and then you have to party, too. You That's know, a prerequisite for of Montreal tours? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to, there's a lot of drinking. How wild do they get? I, was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, oh, Brent's told us some stuff, you know. Oh yeah, it's yeah, that's true. Probably they, most of it. They they do a game where they'll do, they'll they'll all start chanting, fill him up, fill him up, <laughs> and then they'll start. Yeah, that was my life for about two years. Pouring vodka down someone's gullet, right? Yeah, yeah like one day I was like. Um, okay, when I was about to leave of Montreal, like do my, you know, kind of branch out and do solo things, it was just, it was just getting ridiculous. Um, you know, there was like a countdown. There's like, it was like my last tour, and they're like my best friends, you know. Yeah. So it was the last tour, and I was like, it was escalating to unprecedented levels of alcohol abuse. And I was ba- just based like, on for you, that for was me, yeah. They're like, this is like, yeah. we're gonna send you off in full glory you to know? the hospital. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, and then I was just like, this is getting ridiculous. Tonight, I'm just gonna take it easy. I'm not gonna drink. And then, you know, see what happens. And it was, I've never not drank with friends before, you know. I'm always, like, you, the captain of the ship. You, you you've know never I mean? been the one that's, like, in the corner. Yeah. So right. that, that night, I think we are in Grand Rapids, where you guys were last night. Oh, no, no, we were in Detroit somewhere. Okay. And it was Pontiac or something. And then Crowfoot Ballroom. And then yep. I, just, I just saw people just deteriorate. The first time, I saw my friends just turn from, you know, normal people into just, like, sloths. You know what I mean? Just, Which is, due to just being wet, getting just more like, and more wait, wasted. Oh, because you were... I was sober. I was because totally, you were yeah. sober. You, did, you, you actually went through yeah, with yeah, not yeah. drinking. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to the bus, and I'm just going to go read, you know, I don't know, was Fountainhead or something. I was reading. Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <"This> <laughs> so Yeah. And yeah. Rand. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, you know, being a little cultured, being right. a good boy. And then and then I fall asleep, and the next thing I know, ever, Kevin's, like, pulling me out of my bunk. Oh, my God. And then he's like, fill him up. I got this big, like, Tito's jug hand handle like shoved in my mouth and it was like am i 
in a cool band or am I like in a fraternity Abusive or something? Fraternity. <laughs> and it's like I didn't know at that, that point. I did not know what what where I was. And the line is still gray. There's still a gray area oh, there. Oh, Montreal being a fraternity. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never partied with them. I've, I've oh, they're super met all of them. They're cool. awesome people. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It sounds are. like they get wild. We like to get, we like to party. That's for sure. Um, I mean, don't most musicians? I think. They, what most musicians do, you think? Yeah, I mean, is that why? I'm, I'm sure there's in the back of our head. That's why a lot of people play music. Yeah. So that we can we can um, afford to do the parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And basically, comes you, with the job. you get to party for free, pretty much. Yeah, basically, or you're expected to. Exactly. So, now you realize you when you were watching them all devolve, that was what you could have been watching yourself. You could have, you know. Yeah, that was it. Like it's me in the mirror. Exactly. Did I, now, did I learn from that experience? No. <laughs> right. You know. That's, I so are you, is is Kishibashi still? Would you say that you guys are, are just as, as wild? Uh, yeah, I definitely like to party, and yeah. everybody in my band pretty much loves to party. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like the boss, kind of, so yeah. I have to set a standard, a higher well, standard. Now, now here's an, here's or a lower question. standard. Which higher standard for partying, like yeah. get, get wilder. You have to be the first one that's like going to battle the front lines of the battle with the Tito's and all that. Yeah, well, we do. Uh, we, actually, last we realized that Tito's, Tito's is good, but um, we had a... a you know, we used to do like mixed bourbon and whiskey and stuff. What? It was getting like out of control. Like yeah. a like a like a Long Island iced tea. Oh no no! I mean, mix it like be like we'd always have a bottle of like whiskey. Yeah. You know, like we did that for one tour and it just ended. And it was like I was co-tour managing, you know, and we just like like where's the vehicle? I don't know. You know, it's like oh. where's the where are we going? We're late again. You know, and it's and like co- that's, co-tour managing really means that there's no tour manager. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I was like the only you know, and I'm obviously motivated to you know, promote my career by right. showing up on time, but, you know, but still, like, I'm like, massively hungover and, like, right. terrible. So, we have, a, we have a saying on our tour that says, uh, no brown till the show goes down, you know? Good. That's a great yeah. policy. And I, I've actually, yeah, I've, I've hidden, I've hidden whiskey before. Yeah, whiskey just, it brings out the worst and best, and mostly worst. Mostly yeah. worst. Yeah. I've seen people that are positive, wonderful people turn into <laughs> just, like, evil. Assholes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind a, of a, it's, it's a bad drink. But um, actually, so uh, I recommend you know for, for those people in bands who are listening that you know tequila is actually great. Tequila is good because that's a, sil- a straight silver, party. Silver tequila. Okay, so like, not really headachey tequila, but this, yeah. the silver stuff is more party oriented. Yeah. It burns clear. Your hangovers aren't as bad. What about vodka? And vodka is fine, but tequila is you know vodka drink, for pussies and yeah. Well, Russians. vodka you can drink. You know, it's hard to drink vodka straight. Right. Tequila, I can just. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. For me, I can at least. Yeah. Did you? Um, and but now you're. So how long have you been married? Uh, I've been uh, over ten years. Actually. Over ten years. Yeah, yeah. So all this time, you're going out and you're a married guy. Yeah. Did that put a cramp on things in terms of? <laughs> because that's half the partying. Oh yeah. Involves the ladies, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, the ladies. Yeah, it's definitely it's tough. Um, if your marriage isn't doing so well, you know, there's a lot of temptation. And you're like, you know, what the fuck? <clears throat> why, why am I suffering? You know, my marriage is suffering. And there's, I'm, people are, you feel attractive because like girls will come up and talk to you. But you know, it's like you got to be responsible. You know, and then it's like it's, it's difficult. You know, yeah. A couple times I had girlfriends on the road. You know, um, not on the road, but like while, while I was touring in, and stuff. In like different that. area codes. In different areas. No, I, I no, literally, like I had real <laughs> girlfriends, and um, and then. You know, and I was always I was very loyal, but the temptation was 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 nigh. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
And then I was like, in, being in of Montreal, the ultimate party band, yeah. with, it kind of brings all the freaks out, you know? And it's yes. just like, um, but actually, you know, I'm the only person, you know, I went to music school and everything, and I'm the only person that, I got married when I was 26, who actually stayed together, raised, you know, have a family. Every other musician I know is not married and not, like doesn't they, have kids. If you know? they were, they got divorced already and things yeah, like that. Yeah, or like any couple that we, I knew from school. No, I don't. I don't. Know. From from music, did you go to school for classical or? or? Uh, I went to uh, I went to Berkeley College of Music for film scoring. But for I, film scoring, yeah, that was this my is like some major, yeah, very modern, modern, modern. It sounds very film scoring. Well, I don't know. It's a, like it's a, a film scoring major. Uh, it's a craft. It's yeah. basically how to you know. There's like it's how to you know. There's all these uh, techniques. It's really a science. It's not. They say it's an art, but it's more how of a, so? What's like with, with Matching what you're watching to like a vibe to that, you mean? Yeah, yeah, like there's it's a technical thing. Like, you don't want to be like if you want to hit like just when he drops his knife, you know, you want it to there's you know, you want to be within three frames of that, you know, you want the music to hit, you know, there's like a science to it. And then sometimes, like, you'll compose a piece of music, but they'll change the, the they'll change the cut, and then you have to like reorganize it, and you have to drop a bar, drop a beat of music, you know, and you have to do that musically so that it's seamless, you know, right. it's really tough. It's it's kind of tough and it sucks. Like so ha- have you d- have you ended up doing any of that professionally? Uh, yeah, I, I mean I did that off and on for the last ten years before you know I started really touring heavily with uh, of Montreal and, and my and myself. But you know I did a couple of full length documentaries and I, uh, I used to work in the commercial jingle business. Okay, yeah, okay. I wasn't really that. I wasn't that good at it. Though. Did you did, where 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 were you doing that? In New York, that was in New York. Yeah. Did you did you know Ryan? Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I knew him. He worked. Oh, okay. I, yeah, so I used to I used to be a freelancer for the company that he was a full time composer. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and he was great. He was like one of their top composers. You know, he, he seemed like the, I, I went and visited him one time at at his. Uh, he had a nice little setup, man. I gotta say. Yeah. Did, did you had, see him in the studio? Or yeah, in the, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the closet. <laughs> he no. Had, he had he like had, a little room. He had a nice. Room. He had a nice fucking studio with yeah. like a. A board and live room, room and yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, nine so, yards, yeah, yeah. Because he started, um, he went to Berkeley too. Um, he was a synth major, but he was did yeah, he? Yeah, he was. A, I think he was a synth major. I, I mean, thought he went to IU. Yeah, no, but then maybe he went to Berkeley after that. Wait, am I getting this all wrong? I'm pretty sure that might have been someone else. I don't I know. I think he went to Berkeley. I don't know. You can. I guess we can just ask him later. I, I know because I just did a podcast with him that came out yesterday. And is he trying to hide Berkeley? He told. Know. He didn't. I mean, we didn't talk about Berkeley, but yeah. We, but we jumped around so much that it could have happened mm-hmm. after I. Yeah. Anyway. I think, yeah. But anyways, he's you know like uh, he's a he, he's a really great producer. You know, so he's yeah. got a lot of great like engineering technical abilities. You know, which I, yeah. I really admired. You know. Are you are you why he started talking to these guys or was that through like Mike? What joyful noise? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no. That was uh, the, this designer actually, David Woodruff. Okay. Um, he was a friend of a friend, and then I knew him, and then he passed my album along to Carl after it was kind of done. I had a Kickstarter campaign. I was going to release it by myself. And then I, you know, I got I had a successful Kickstarter campaign. I had the cash. I was just going to put it out with the publicist and everything. Uh-huh. And then he got it to Carl just in time, and Carl's like, "I want to put this out." Okay. And this is um, this was like two over two years ago. You know? I, yeah. That's that's good to know. But I was actually I was asking the opposite. If oh. if, if you got Ryan to go to to. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure Ryan heard about it through me, probably. Yeah, because Carl because Carl started to expand a lot and like wanted to sign other things, and he's you know he's doing great. Yeah. So I think. Um, but now it's like, yeah, it's a great little family, you know, of, of musician Absolutely. bands. And Ryan's album's awesome, you know, his new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
let's go back then before like did you, like how did you grow up did you grow up like was like was it like violin 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 or something or what like what what was the what was your focus as a as a as a youth in like high school and stuff like that before berkeley oh uh i was uh i went to uh, Cornell University for like two years. Okay. As an electrical engineer. Okay. And I failed uh, like miserably. I was doing like. Were your, was that like your parents like <laughs> worst they nightmare? Want you to do that or something? Uh, no, I mean I was played violin too, and I, I was way into music. You know, from like when I was a kid, and I played in orchestras, and I was getting into jazz and improvisation like in high school. Okay. On violin, and then uh, and then I went to Berkeley. I mean, I went to Cornell because I never thought you could make a career like in music. You know, it's it's tough. You know, for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was doing like bong hits and snowboarding too much, and then, you know, eventually I was just like, oh, this how is can it. I? How can I make how can, no. bong hits and snowboarding work for me? <laughs> yeah, music. music. Yeah, I'll just play in bands. So, but anyways, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not really pothead, but, um, but uh, I, I was like, and then I went to um, Berkeley, and then I kind of uh, really dove into the improvisation. Okay. You know, and uh, that's, and then the rest is, and then and I always kept. You know, I always did music professionally, be it playing violin at weddings or, like, doing parties. I was in playing circus for about five years in New York City. How, like, how did you hook up with all this stuff? Did you have, like, an agent that was, like, finding you? No, no, I was, just, I was just a gig man, you know. You like, were just a, a guy that people knew yeah. to call. Yeah, so... We need you, a violin player. Yeah, so I moved to New York, and, you know, you do that. You go to jam sessions, and you go call everybody you know, and you beg, and you plead, and, you know, and then eventually your schedule fills up with gigs. Yeah. And then you're a gig man. And then yeah. you had... When you started touring a lot um was that regina specter was that your first like oh yeah that was my, one of my first yeah main, big big gigs yeah. where i was like on tv and like doing all this stuff you know which is like how did that feel yeah it was great it was like really luxurious she, yeah she tours uh very luxuriously did you know how luxurious it was <laughs> i mean i knew she was famous you know because and her crowds were like crazy and she's an incredible performer you know so i learned a lot from, I'm, like, watch, I'm from saying though, did, could you you had never done like the sleep on motherfuckers floors and you know, uh, yeah, you know, but I was doing that in my band. I, you had, were, I had okay. a band called Jupiter One, which okay, I was, I was okay. the lead singer of, and I was like, we were doing sleeping on floors yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, sleeping in the van, and, yeah. you know, and scraping by, eating subway sandwiches, you know. So that must have been a big change from that. Well, I was just going back and forth between that, you oh, know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was. You know, I always kept things in perspective. You know, was it was it hard to go back to that, or you or you still loved it? Um, do uh, like know, after, like at, like you do like a like could a, I do it now? <laughs> no, 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 because we're too old for that now. But you you do a run with Regina, yeah. and then you then you'd have a slum it out days slumming it with you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah. You know, it's like it's tough, but it's you know, it's your own music, so yeah. you're you're willing to um, tolerate it. You know. And you were, for that band, what was the process? Were you were you writing all the stuff and recording all the stuff? Uh, it was or? me and this guy Zach Caldwell, okay. you know, and okay. we were kind of like partners in the songwriting process. But yeah. the, the band was like, you know, and then we'd arrange it. We had two albums, you know, we had we can't we, we had a, a stint, yeah. you know, but it was really tough to keep it financially afloat. Like right. we didn't have we didn't have good crowds. And they're all over the place. You, you know? didn't have a label or like interest in that. Yeah, we had a label, but they didn't do shit for us. Right, we were on Ryko Disc, but they didn't. Oh, that's like know. a yeah. major. Yeah, well, they they had deep pockets, but it was just yeah, very corporate. You yeah, know? and it was like they didn't really have any indie. Uh, yeah, indie Crit was not or or, well that and like any kind of like ideas about how to to, to you know promote on a ground level. Right, you know? right. They were just kind of like ushered in from like. 
it's kind of like almost like a, a retiree position for a lot of these. Like they had worked in other labels and right. they work at this, and they're just like this new label because Universal uh, Music, uh, Warner Music Group, absorbed Rykodisc. Right. You know, and uh, and then they just kind of create this little label, and then and then just kind of put these people in there, and they're doing their best. You, you know, have like got, a billboard in Times Square, but no, 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 but no, no one, no one knows who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of like that, and I I got a real taste of the major label world through that, and it's hate it. It's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's like, you, you I know, understand it. You know, I understand what it's good you, for. You wouldn't go to that now after, you know, boom. So you, you go up to that, and then you jump back to the indie stuff. And yeah, yeah. Creep I would your way back up. Yeah, I mean, major labels are necessary for only one thing. If you want to be a superstar. Yeah. You know, if you need that global presence, yeah. indie labels probably really can't do that you know what do, I mean? you, to, do, to, you, do yeah. you want that do you no, feel like no way it's just like too much pressure you know what I mean? what, like, yeah. what's the level that like you feel like you would like to get to this level and then you'd be like satisfied do you have like a, a what are you striving towards in oh. terms of that i don't know i'd like to be somebody uh or are you totally satisfied with where you are right now i'm really i'm really satisfied with my growth yeah. right now because it's like i'm still i'm making money and I got people around the country just like dying to see the show, you know. And I've got like a lot of excitement. A lot of people are starting to know who I am, you know. So yeah. it's like pretty happy, I guess. And it happened pretty pretty quick for for yeah. I mean, yeah, I only have one album. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're you're basically at the same level that my band is at with one album that we had five or whatever, and been yeah slugging it out for 15 years I mean yeah. not that you haven't been doing that work because you have on different with different yeah, well, projects wait, how old are you how old are you 34 okay see I'm 38 uh, yeah so I'm like old motherfucker yeah but we're I mean all my whole I'm the youngest in the band so they're, oh, okay. they're all like they've been slumming it out yeah there's yeah. one that's 40 and one and yeah yeah different no 39 I think yeah. but yeah but anyway we're, yeah. We're, we're similar age groups and we yeah we've all been yeah doing it since yeah yeah, I just yeah, I know my album, my la- you know, my first album really took off, you know. So it's really, uh, it's really that I think that just helps me. That's, get these crowds, to me, you know? to me, that's like I don't want to say a better way, but I, I I like I like the idea of that. Like you you put your work in with all the other projects that you did over the years, and then you honed your craft to the point where you made an album that sounded right. You know, as the first at the time, yeah, as the first Kishibashi album, and yeah. then you introduce that, especially right now, where I feel like people are very finicky, and they're like they only want to hear the first thing someone does, or you know, I yeah, mean, yeah, to yeah, some sure, extent. Yeah. So you get it to the point, or you get yourself to the point where you can create that album that's how people need to hear it and, and represent yourself in the way that you need to be represented, and it pops off because it it is what it should be. I feel like we did. You know, and I'm not hating on how we did it, but I, like you know, I started Y as a solo thing, and it was terrible shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then over the years, we got better and better, kind of thing. Um, and you know, the, the some audience people grew grew with us, but you know what I mean? It's like that slow build. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like if you have, um, you know, I've seen like how Regina and of Montreal, and like I mean, intimately, I see. How the how their crowd grows and wanes, you know, yeah. what I mean, depending on yeah. the strength of the album. So, yes. your core fans are always going to come, right? Because they like they're they're invested in the culture around the group or the artist or whatever. Yeah. But but the big crowds really come based on the strength of the album and how the album resonates in a popular level. You know what I mean? So it's that's like you know, I mean that's what I think. That's what I see around yeah. me. You know, so it's like you could have a 
you know, you could just release this album that just really resonates with people, you know, and then your crowds will grow, and then you might put out a shitty album, and then crowds will so grow. So you know, basically for that year that you're touring on yeah, that album. Yeah, a year and a half whatever, or whatever the album cycle goes. Yeah. Then, then, that, then the crowds are big, and then you put out another one, people are like, eh. And then yeah. it's just like... The, but it's the, not like your career is over. You just right, make another right, album, you know what right. I mean? And then, you know, you just go another way and just like... and But you're going to have your core fans, you know? So it's, it's good like, perspective for that's, me. That's the way I, I see it. You know? I can relate to... To Kevin and actually very much like you know he st- he started up Montreal all by himself on a four track or whatever he was yeah. doing you know and like I I very much relate to that and he had he just slowly started adding people and we'll build it up and do you know and uh, just kept kept going some albums yeah. do better than others and he has you know he has the one album that everyone knows him for and I have the same thing or you know what I mean yeah like, well yeah and I see it like you know um, you know like I, I discovered them and when they hit like Satanic Panic yeah. in the Attic which was their that probably was their big breakout one, you yeah. know breakout, breakout but, one. and then Sun Landing Twins and I've been a huge fan you know um, and then Hissing Fauna was their, Hissing Fauna is their biggest album okay. to date like okay. to selling wise you know okay. and that's where they really Solidified, I think their core audience, you know, and then, but then he's been, but then he's like, he's like, he's kind of like a genius because he just like really evolves and pushes himself, you know, mm-hmm. in ways that he feels uncomfortable or maybe not, you know, and then just like in way and at least is like reinventing himself, you know. Has he been influential to to you? And oh yeah, how yeah. you started your thing yeah, and everything, definitely, because he's like, you know, he's like a a studio whiz you know mm-hmm. and he's my neighbor you know and so <laughs> he's a friend of mine so um and his approach is that you know you should just uh just keep making albums and just doing this is your job now you know this is your job is to is to is to you know provoke and or you know influence or inspire your fans you mm-hmm. know and people who are, and you know and if you have an album that takes off great if not you know just keep it so a lot of my attitude comes from you know just him um also like sandre lurke i used to tour with him okay and he's like this, this uh, he's a norwegian guitar player um he writes a lot of songs but he was he's pretty popular like in america you know and he has he, he has crowds okay around and i i opened up for him actually my first kishibashi tour was he i, I played in his band and i convinced him to just let me open up okay know? and uh and i did that and he's you know he just puts albums and albums out he just keeps putting them out and then you know some of them do better than others and and then you know but he's always like writing songs you know what I mean? right so it's yeah that's that's you know that's a very a very grounded and sort of working class pedestrian <laughs> approach to yeah. the whole thing which i think is it's your job this is our job it's you know really, that's yeah. really the only way to do it um successfully in your mind do you know what i'm saying yeah like um emotionally and stuff like that otherwise you get you if you if you dwell too much on what people mm-hmm. think about every little yeah. thing then, then it can get unhealthy yeah because like the way i approach um my album is that which was different from jupiter one it's like jupiter one we were like screaming to be heard you know right. like this is we got to put this is going to be our masterpiece you know right. and the, at the end of the day you don't that attitude i just abandoned and i was like this is one of many albums i'm going to make in my career yeah. one of maybe five to ten albums i'll make in my lifetime it's just one of them you know so this is me right now check it out if you like it great if you don't like it fuck you you know what i mean it's like that's so it's healthy. like and that's the attitude i take because you know you can't please everyone and you're never going to make your masterpiece right you know? that's to be considered in retrospect right i think you know right yeah no i i agree i've never been 
you know, right after I make something, I'm like, okay, this is what it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then... Yeah, I mean, you put your best effort into it, but... Yeah, I, but you I, go I, back yeah. a month later and you're like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done this, yeah. I should have... Yeah, yeah, definitely. We could still... Yeah, I always pace it, you know. I, so, like, I'll mix and then I'll go back and, you know, I'll remix. Remi- and, yeah, Or yeah. re-record and stuff, but I sure. keep mastering away from the... Uh, yeah, as far away as possible. How, so how long did it take you for the, for the well, the first album and then the second album? Like, how long did, they, did you work on them for? Uh, I spent about, like, six to eight months on this new album that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really because I realized, I was like, holy shit, um, it's been a year and a half since my last album, and people have been asking me, right. when is my album coming out? So I just kind of halt. I moved to Athens, and I kind of built my studio there in my house. I got a house, and then, yeah, just kind of... I, I work. What's your What's your studio like? A studio A. Wait, what? I mean, that's my first <laughs> part Canadian? of the question. I'm going to ask you another part of the question. What's your studio like, though? Uh, well, right, I'm building. Um, I have this other house. I'm building it in, but it started off as just a room in my house, you know. But it's a pretty large house. So. And you, what do you like? What equipment do you have? Are you recording? Uh, what are the same uh, pieces? Uh, I use Logic, and uh-huh. I have just I have a Vintech X73. It's a 1073 model modeled uh, preamp, uh-huh. and I have a couple decent mics. I used I borrowed an RCA uh, DX77, which is like the Frank Sinatra mic oh, for yeah. a lot of the vocals on the. I can the imagine new one. how it looks. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like big bullet yeah. shit, or big um, uh, looks like a pill. You uh-huh, know, uh-huh. Um, I use that for a lot of the vocals. Crooner mic. Yeah, crooner mic. Yeah. yeah, it's it's got this great like analog cut like warm sound and um uh, i use you know i use a, a lot of synthesizer mini moogs i have mini moog and i have one of those uh uh, uh juno 106 mm-hmm. um and i use uh, korg ms10 and i have i play guitar and keyboards oh i had a, I hired a drummer so that was, those are real drums yeah uh, on the new one yeah, yeah. the other ones were fake like, the other ones were fake yeah how do have you always worked on computers? I mean, since that yeah, technology yeah. was available? Yeah, I was, just, I was a nerd. Okay, yeah. so you were early on with all that shit. Yeah, I used to, like, try and... Like, I think I even have, like, New Age music that I did when I was in high school. I think okay. I new Age music. Like, and when you say you think, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> um, and now the world knows. Mm-hmm. So that, for, that first album is all... That's all computer stuff? And, and is are you sequencing stuff? Or is it... Or, like... I like to play live. Yeah, actually. everything's played out. It sounds like, like to me. Yeah, like I have a drum pad... For that one, I think, and I was just because I'm not a drummer, you know, so I'm like and just hitting it with hitting the MIDI triggers. Yeah, see that that's that's. I think it makes a difference, you know. I mean, it makes a big difference. It has a more natural whatever kind of. I mean, the beat's kind of wonky sometimes, but I think it's okay. That's good. I I I mean, different people have different feelings about it, but I prefer wonky. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I prefer something that sounds a little bit imperfect, you know? Yeah, people may not be conscious of if the human feel of it, like, you know, on the surface, but they definitely feel it. I think yeah. it's subconsciously. You can, he- you can hear when, you can feel when it's like a person playing, you know? And it adds up. I agree. I agree. I'm sure you, yeah, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we've tended to always record um, everything live. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, you know, we get more and more... You know, the last album we did, we were so tight with it. Like, mm-hmm. it was like we would scrutinize each each hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a... <sighs> I don't want to do don't that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to yeah. scrutinize anymore. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more free with it and let it be loose if, yeah. it is, if it's going to be loose, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm into, like, um, I think my next album, because this album, I still sequenced it. I mean, not sequenced, but I, I made it all myself. 
and then replaced things with real instruments and okay. like real like a real drummer. Um, the, like you the would do one. it, and then you'd have somebody in to play it or play it. Again. Yeah, play it with. Either. Was it always better, or were there sometimes where you're like, nah, I, I like um, the old way? Well, some you know, with kick drum, kick drum is actually you know a lot of times I'll use electronic kick drums because I yeah. think sometimes it's just tighter. Yes, it's you know it's sometimes you just can't get that from an acoustic kit, you know. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, it's always better when a drummer play, a real drummer plays. Yeah. I think. Or sometimes I'll just use hi hat, just a hi hat track, a real hi hat over a program drum. That make, that makes a huge difference. Right. I see. To yeah. add just to add that natural element. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So kick and snare would be synthetic. You know, super tight. Whatever. But are they still? Set. Are they not still not sequenced even for the new record? But they're they're played. It in? just depends on the track. But sometimes track. sometimes I used um, yeah like program kick and snare. But yeah. for the most part, for hi hats. You know, definitely have be natural. Yeah, or just just a snare track. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it make it makes a difference. These are all secrets. These are trade secrets that you're giving out to the no, people. No, here. it's not secrets. These are. I'm sure people do that all the time. I mean, everyone has their own way, and you know, I had Ryan on. Yeah. This week again, and he he, he definitely has some some things that he does that he thinks yeah. everyone does. But it, that's the thing is like, everyone is unique too. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, well, Kevin has a, you know, Kevin Barnes has a, a great studio in his house now, so I recorded the drums there, you know, and Clayton, okay. who, Clayton, um, Clayton plays on the latest uh, of Montreal album, Okay, incredible, incredible drummer, um, yeah, so I just kind of, he, he had his drum set up there anyway, so I just went over there and just uh, recorded. He, he pretty easy to dial it all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I gotta, I gotta go down there and visit you guys. Yeah, you should come, you should come uh, hang out, yeah. Yeah. Do you play, do you play at Athens ever? I mean, we we have uh, yeah. like two, three times at the forty wide, but we we can never draw enough of an audience there. I feel like it's, it's, it's a small town, yeah. an audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a local there, but <laughs> now I am. But you do know. You, so now you can draw there pretty well. Yeah, I think I do. I do all right. In yeah, Athens, yeah, good. Yeah, the, we've always struggled there, and we we struggle in Atlanta too. Which Atlanta's kind of weird. Which is weird to me. I'm like, that's like the fucking yeah. capital of the South. It's, I think it's the all. You got to play an all ages one. We tried. Maybe yeah. we didn't though. Actually, because a lot of the small, a lot of the medium sized clubs are uh, 21 plus. So okay. kind of, you know, kind of weeds out a lot of people. You know. Yeah. And we have young audiences. I think OM yeah. does too. And yeah. Totally. You probably do too. I don't know. And yeah, OM. Yeah, I have a mixture. Well, I have a, I have the older NPR crowd, and then, oh, I, yeah, and then, I, and then I also have their kids. Right. <laughs> you know, right. So. Right. And their and their friends. So, but you so you, you grew up in in Virginia, is that right? Yeah, like I was born in Seattle, and I grew up also in upstate New York, and then and then Norfolk, Virginia, which is my what, kind of my hometown. You know? Norfolk feels like home, their, your hometown. Yeah, my my parents live there. They live yeah, there still. I went to high school there. Yeah. Are your parents still together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And what what do they do for a living? What? Um, I did, they were both uh, university professors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool. So you came from academia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I always assumed I would go to college and you know, and pursue have a good real job. You know, <laughs> are they are they proud of you? Weirded oh, yeah, out yeah. by what you do? No, no, no they're they're, they're totally supportive of me. But cool. it's funny that you ask because um, basically, like when I was after like Jupiter One kind of failed, you know, and I wasn't making a huge lot. I wasn't making that much money with like of Montreal or Regina, you know, not enough to support a family comfortably. Yeah. You know, I was living in New York City for about ten years, and uh, I moved back to my parents' house. And what, when you, how old were you at the time? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah, they're talking about three years ago. Yeah, but so, you, wait a second. You were married already. Yeah, I was married. I had a kid. I was living in New York, and then like finally, ultimately, in New Jersey. 
you know, and then kind of scraping by as a as a sideman, like as a musician, right. you know, professional musician, and then and just doing you know scoring jobs on the side. But it was just getting to a point where I was like, I really need to get my own thing happening. So I moved back into my parents' house. They let me move back for a year. It, but that took the financial pressures off of me yeah. so that I could make this debut album. Right, okay. You know, and I had a successful Kickstarter campaign. And then, but before so that... So you, were you living there when you were working on the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see, I, I, was working, I, I was living with my parents when I was living on our last album, too. Yeah, but yeah, go yeah. on, go on. Do you have kids? No. Oh, no. Well, imagine that with kids. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. with a kid, you know. And it's just like, here I am, mid-30s, I have a child, and here I am trying to make original music, you know, and... It was kind of my last attempt. And my parents were, you know, really supportive of Jupiter One up until then. Yeah. And even, like, doing my career up to that point. But they were a little disappointed with me moving back. You know what I mean? Like, with this whole, this, you know, this, like, final show. I just, I, I was, it was a pretty depressing point, I think. But they were, they were they let you, obviously. They, they let, let me, you. and then, yeah. you know, they said, okay, well, you get one year. And then, then it started to pick up, and I was doing all right. And then, you know, finally, ultimately, I bought a house, you know, in Athens. But it's like... So you were still there after the album came out and shit? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, it was... Start, yeah, it was started to come out, and then it started to really take off when right. I got, like, a lot of NPR um, love and stuff. And then... And, of know. course, as academics, they have to appreciate the NPR. Oh, yeah, because their colleagues are like, right. heard you on all song, all things considered, you know? And, they, and my parents were, like, yeah, super happy about that, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know... And did you just have... Were you, like cooped up in one little room in their house just like in the with attic your, with your yeah. logic and your and your yeah and I was in the attic and you know a lot of things also like of Montreal like uh, you know Kevin's my friend and he was really uh, influential kind of because I remember him telling me he's like yeah when Sunlandic twins uh, you know when Nina was pregnant you know they have a kid yeah. our daughters play together you know and, yeah. and uh, he was about he was thinking about quitting music and just working some whatever you know and then, and then this was before because, Sunlight. Why was that? Because it, he things weren't going so well. No, no, because no, he he felt responsible, you know, and like as a as a parent that you shouldn't, you know, you, you could, because he didn't want to tour or because he wasn't making enough money. Yeah, he felt that he should support the family. Right. You know, here's he's bringing a child in. Yeah. Um, and and he wanted to, you know, to be responsible. So, you know, and I was like, wow. And then he, but around him, they were. Everybody was so supportive. They're like, "No, you can't stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. This is like the most amazing shit that I've ever heard." You know, this is before Sun Landing Twins came out. You know, so he didn't. You know, luckily he came, and then he made Hissing Fauna after that, and yeah. it was like, and that was like this huge success for and him. And he made you know? plenty of money. Yeah. yeah, and then I got, you know, now he's got a nice house. You know, but it's like he, I kind of related to that, you know, because it's like he took a chance. Do you obviously, think? You know, do you think? That having the kid was maybe put, was what he needed to push him into a, a more serious mind state with what he was doing, or like make him more aggressively I'm not, something to make the stars yeah. align, so that he was, you know, what I mean, like, okay, I need to provide, I'm going to provide, like put oh, that yeah. in his head or something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's in his head, but or he's, he's always he's always full of ideas. I can relate to it um, because it was it was basically. It put me to push me to this point of like desperation, right. where I need to do it. But I still had the attitude of my solo. Oh, that's that's the one thing about being a solo. Being instead of like being in a band where you have to like succeed for everybody, mm-hmm. I'm just like I'll just put an album. If it's even mildly successful, I'll be 
all right, I can survive yeah, because I can you survive. get all the ta- yeah, take exactly, all the exactly. Yeah. Uh, you own control the publishing and you get all the royalties. You yeah. Know? So uh, that attitude actually really helped me like kind of be free in it, but still I was like desperate to you know to make this a good album. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting because I actually heard it uh, uh, in an interview with with Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. Where he was talking about that actually, yeah. yeah. Until he had his first kid, he was just kind of like floundering, like trying yeah. to make it work and yeah, yeah. doing okay, but not great. And then he had his first kid. Then, yeah, because and, and then you're like tearing your hair out in the middle of the night. You're trying to figure it, find out. He's probably like thinking of new jokes, and, right? You know, exactly. Whatever. He like stuck a, with it, and he yeah. got real serious, and he yeah. would like, you know, do it as a yeah. full time. Like you know, all right, I'm focusing. And, yeah, and I, I worked really hard. Like when I was touring with El Montreal, you know, I was in the back lounge, like or in the front lounge, like first one up every morning like, yeah. it, with the bus moving I'm just like thinking about this or trying to work you know you're working on your solo stuff yeah it's just my career just like how to promote it and, like how yeah. to do this and like do that and stuff and, did know. they what, how did what, was Kevin okay with you, you doing all that stuff while, oh yeah he's a huge huge supporter supporter you know yeah. Um, and uh, yeah because I opened up for Up Montreal yeah you know an entire US tour you know uh, so did that like, was that in a way the first thing that that people got you know that you got to debut your stuff in a way yeah i mean i did sandre lurke before that but that right. was the big one. Oh, when my album came out yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was huge that so that i was i had that so you got you got a new a bunch a, a set of fans like off of that one two yeah. month situation yeah, yeah 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 and it was yeah like a month and a half just yeah. all major markets huge shows you know like yeah. webster hall and like uh, I can't remember where else, but yeah, like really big shows. Yeah. So it was great, and then you know they have really rabid fans. So like they're uh, they, they, the fans are there from the from doors. Or, you know, from, right. from, They'll come to see the openers. You know, so it's like, see, that's it's great. great. That's yeah. great. That's it's key. Great. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, well, the takeaway from this interview is that I need to have a kid. <laughs> you need a kid. <laughs> you need some. You need an act of desperation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I'm that. always desperate, but yeah. just someone else to focus yeah. on rather than myself. Are you married? No. You you have a girlfriend? No. Oh, okay. I could have a road so, baby. I could have a groupie baby. You put, you, you might already have some yeah. out there. You need to find that. Groupie. But you need, you need you to find need that to, road baby. You need to have a, a coven. You need to have a coven of groupies that you can impregnate, right? And then they coven? they Is all come together. Groupies are to, in covens like they have to like witches. Push their vaginas together to have the baby. <laughs> They all go into mutual labor. Oh, mutual labor? <laughs> it's like some weird satanic ritual? Yeah. That's like your fantasy? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Get into <laughs> a that. Coven, Get a into coven that. of groupies? Yeah. <laughs> here's here's, here's a, a good question. Is is your, like, early influences? Like, what was the first kind of music that, oh. you, that you heard and then you were like, oh, whoa, like... Looping violins no, or whatever, like pop, pop, pop music. Like as opposed, uh, like okay. I don't know if you grew up like when you were in. You were, I imagine you were going to. I had, pre- I had a pretty, I had a pretty normal like up- upbringing. I, despite having immigrant parents, you know, like they. Were, okay, that's another yeah, question. Yeah. So your parents were immigrants. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Okay, so, but you know, my mom liked the Beatles. She had like a John Denver album, and you know, she's like she has a Linda Ronstadt album, and you know, and my dad went to Tunisia, brought back some. Arabic music, you know, and like, what was so, the first shit that you heard that like moved you, that made the hairs stand up on the back of your neck or whatever? I got I got a lot into classical music when I was in, uh, uh, like, middle school. I mean, middle school and high school. Um, so there's a lot of like Debussy string quartets and stuff like that. I was really, okay. really into. But on the flip side, I was also like, you know, I love like Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers and like 
metal. I, okay. I love metal, like in the <laughs> what kind of what kind of metal? What like I was into like Anthrax and Metallica and Megadeth and okay. like all that kind of stuff. What appealed to you about that? Uh, I, I like riffs. I like ri- no, I like riffs. Okay, like really funky, like heavy riffs, like sludge metal and like stoner, like stoner rock. You okay, know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know. I, I yeah, like I didn't. I don't like thrash, and I never got into punk too much. I can't like really relate, even though my friends were like into punk. I just can't. I just never got into that. But you know. But then eventually, I, you know, then I got into a lot of jazz fusion when I was in college. And then you know, of course, I always listen to you know like hip hop and like whatever you know, whatever's on the radio. Is, I like, there, yeah. is there one? Is there one song or one like moment that you can remember where where it turned on, where it clicked on, like your your love for to, for music, and and where you were like, that's sort of what I need to be, even if it was subconscious at the time. Oh, what I need to be what like classical music? Any any kind of music. I can't really remember. I have a like you do. Pop, you do pop oriented music okay, now. Okay, so what was my pop experience? Well, yeah, like, or, and it, I, I feel like it, it has a lot of psych kind of. Yeah, I love Pink Floyd. You know, okay, but I never saw them. You know, I love. I saw Flaming Lips when I was a kid. Okay, they were like opening up. They opened up for the Butthole Surfers. Okay, that made an, that made an impression. But I think a lot of classical music really made a huge impression on me. Like I remember. Uh, like Barbara's Adagio was this beautiful piece of music okay. that um, is a, that's that's the song they play at the end of Platoon when oh yeah when, um, what's his face leaves the other guy back <laughs> he betrays the platoon commander because he saw him like like murder and rape some girl okay you know what I'm talking about I, I mean I've seen it but it's been so long it was a very it's, touching yeah. movie though yeah I mean it won an Oscar but that scene is just like incredible I can almost hear the song can you sing the melody it's like da 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 and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, his body's he's just he falls like, on his knees and he's getting shot. Yeah, in the he's back. getting shot and he sees the helicopter that was supposed to save him yeah. rush over and the guy who's basically basically he he was a witness to this the crime they committed is now right. dead. Right. You know. So, anyways, that's a really heavy piece of music. But. So that got you because it, 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 and yeah. well, is it the, a coincidence that you started doing film scoring? I mean, you know. Yeah, I've I've always loved film music. Mm-hmm. Like John Williams, you know, I think mm-hmm. he's a, he's a genius. You know, he is a genius. I mean, his his. He, you know, and he gets a lot of shit because like his orchestral style is. Are you or something? No, it's, it's derivative. His okay. orchestral style is der- derivative uh, of who? Of like, uh, like everybody, like Shostakovich, you know, uh, uh, Stravinsky, Prokofiev. You can find basically his, or uh, you know, Holst. You can find his sounds. Okay, you know, fine, but, but what? But he's his doing... melodies original. His yeah, melodies his original. Melodies original. Yeah, exactly. And like, even even, okay, fine. E- even having deep influences. In in sort of um, highbrow classical music, yeah, yeah. he's he's taking that and marrying it to film and yeah. doing it like fast and effectively and effectively. Yeah, so yeah, you can't no, no, hate, I, and it works. I don't, I don't hate. I don't hate. But that's that's yeah. why people a lot of like snobby, uh, high, yeah, upper high art. Right. Uh, people. He's not making his shit to be performed for people in tuxedos. He's yeah. making it. To, to go along with a, with a visual, you know. Well, he's not writing it to win a Pulitzer Prize or right. you know or 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 affect you know or influence you know the next generation of music. He just writes good music, you know. To what be I mean? effective for what it is, yeah. Yeah, because like classical music is like the whole point. Not not now. I don't believe anymore. But you know, to some extent, it was like avant garde 
cutting edge things that would influence the next generation of composers. You know, you hear this and you're like, wow, you know, I want to write like that or something, or new textures, you know? And classical music has kind of hit this wall, you know, where there's like really nothing new and it's kind of lost a lot of people, lost so, a lot of talent. You know? So do you, do you see yourself doing, uh, writing classical music ever? Yeah, I mean, I've written for a full orchestra before. You have, okay. Yeah, but it's like I've... And I guess I've the film scoring stuff has yeah, it's, probably those Yeah, yeah. and it's like... But the, the world of contemporary classical music is really not very contemporary at all. It's okay. kind of static. There's also... Yeah. That's not really where the money is, I suppose. The money... Well. Eh, there's some grants, you yeah, know, but true. there's... But I'm making... I'm, I probably make more money than, you know, like yeah. class, other classical violinists, you know, I, I, possibly, you I'm know. sure so you do. yeah. Um, so it's like... Um, and I feel like I, what I'm doing um, inspires a lot of violinists and uh-huh. you know singers and musicians to do it. And I, I and my friends are musicians, you know, and artists. Like so, as you, know, a, you mean like, pop as opposed to classical, or just in general? Like oh no no like I I like to hang out with musicians, yeah. know, artists and people like that. So like I feel like to to know that a lot of musicians like what I'm doing is like great. That's like what that's what I want. Right like, right. It's, you're a musician's musician. I'm a musician. Yeah like. That's that's why that's why I really do it. And then the song I like songs, you know. So. Right. Yeah. Um, what's what's what do you see as as your? Do you have any any like long term goals where like I would like to reach, the, like artistically, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, I, well, I see myself like I'd like to eventually just be this kind of character, you know, like Bjork or like David Bowie or like David Byrne. That they, like, do, they do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, and they're respected. Right. And they're like, um, and everybody knows who they are, and you know, and then I like to be like, at eventually like that, you know, where it's just like I can kind of collaborate. If I see something interesting, I can collaborate with that person. Yeah, or like you know that kind of thing. So uh, just a, eclectic, yeah, eclectic, very artistic, high standards. Yeah, but you know, but it's like respected. Yep. Overall, you know, that's I think that's the kind of person I like to eventually become. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That's yeah. great. <laughs> it's, it's a race to finish. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I, that's, I think that's good. Anything else that you want to talk about? or? Um, no, I'm really looking forward to your show, man. <laughs> I'm so I'm excited. I'm looking yeah. forward to yours as I'm well, so man. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been too long. Let's, let's right, close. It's been, it's been never. It's been never. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same yeah. here, man. Well, let's close it out. I've been sitting here with Kay in uh, Joyful Noise, Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, we're going we're gonna to play a rock concert tonight. Say yeah. bye to the people. Goodbye. See you guys later. Cruella DeVille. Yes. They went on to perform an excellent concert that night and a case stage dove exciting stuff exciting stuff ryan lot showed up sun lux and uh, I- I- introduced our our band before we played it was good times good times if you can't tell i'm kind of tired I've, I've been I've been kind of working to the bone but I, i'm it'll all once i once i head out on tour on the on the on the fifth Things should chill out or, or just change. They'll be busy, but in a different way, right? Because tours never chill exactly, but be a different thing, different vibe. Uh, more social, more social. Okay, uh, Yoni Wolf, I mean, at Yoni Wolf on Twitter, 
the wandering wolf podcast at gmail.com you can donate to me on paypal and soon i'll have these shirts that you can buy uh, and hopefully some other stuff well I'm, I'm not feeling as verbal as i sometimes am so i'm gonna leave you with that and uh just wish you guys the best week possible i hope that you're in a place that's that's beautiful uh, sort of physically outside, outdoors right now. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, fuck, sucks to be you. But we, you know, we dealt with that a little while ago. So we're done with that. So you're just getting into that, I guess. But you know what? You don't, there's nowhere in the Southern Hemisphere that actually gets freezing cold where people live. Is there? Maybe like uh, Argentina or something? Patagonia? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, because Australia, New Zealand, these places, South Africa, uh, I'm just thinking where we might have listenership. I don't know where else, but I, I feel like those places are not, they don't get winter. And this, uh, they, this is where my ignorance becomes a big factor, but I, I get feelings. I may not know things intellectually, but I get certain tinges. I get gut feelings about things. My gut feeling says that South Africa never really gets cold. My gut feeling says... Australia kind of remains sort of San, maybe has like a San Francisco winter, right? That's what I want to say. This is not knowledge. This is, I am intuiting these facts and I call them facts. They're intuition facts, okay? Which is all relative, you know, it's all subjective. All right, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to leave this day to you. I want you to take control of your day. I want you to take control of your life. Really think, what can I do in this moment? What's the right thing to do right now that would that would be feel best for me in the long run? I'm not a scientist of this kind of thought. I'm just saying, make it a good one. All right, don't don't stay in that fucking endless cycle of you know eating ice cream and, and uh, watching Netflix. I had to get I got rid of my fucking Wi-Fi because I was in that cycle. Okay. It doesn't help. Now I just long for for fucking Netflix and sit there and listen to podcasts on my phone. But maybe that's better. Maybe that makes me more intelligent, except that they're fucking idiots talking. People like me. No, not really. These are very... I listen to very good podcasts, actually. Okay, you guys, take care. Keep wandering.
不知道我。